so welcome to another All Saints Conversation. I am Brock Bingman. And I'm Connie Willems. Today we're going to continue our discussion of the prophetic. And this is frankly one of my really fun things to talk about, so I'm looking forward to this. If you could see Connie, she's beaming, she's smiling, <laughs> and here we are. We Today we want to look at a couple of things related to the prophetic that sometimes are overlooked. In discussing preparing for this, we, we had some ideas. And these are the kind of things that over the years I've gone to people and asked them about and tried to get them to tell me about, and it's been difficult. So we're going to talk about what it's like to kind of prepare yourself to hear God, and then what the actual experience of hearing God is like. Yeah, those internal dynamics and mechanics. So why don't you, Connie, talk about how you prepare, and maybe even back in the past when this was rather new to you, um, talk about how you prepare. <laughs> you know, frankly, when I think back in the past, I don't think I did prepare. I mean, I wasn't even halfway that intentional. I think I had the assumption that if God is going to speak, it just like it's like lightning out of the blue sky. It just shows up yeah. in the moment. And so there's no preparation. It just kind of zaps you just out happens. of nowhere. Right. <laughs> Sometimes it does, but not often it doesn't. Often. And so the idea of preparing to hear God would have been utterly foreign to me. Yeah. And so I think that's something I've grown in over okay. the years. And I think you were a whole lot more intentional, right? I think so. It's hard to clear away the cobwebs and remember because <laughs> we're looking at really decades yeah. of this. Yeah. So I know there have been moments, definitely seasons, where it was m much more intentional and I learned things from other people. C can you trace some things, though? I think there are things I have identified over the years, and some of them are more dispositions than an actual thing that I do in the moment. One of the things that is a disposition, is an acceptance of discomfort and awkwardness. Hmm. Okay. And I think I had the pre the disposition that if I'm going to do this, I'm going to feel comfortable, it's natural, it's going to be powerful. And I had to learn to say, this is going to feel awkward and I'm going to be okay with it. <laughs> and that was something I had to prepare for myself. Another thing that has helped me, it's a similar thing, is... Um, the picture I have is of one of those huge switches that you switch to switch a railroad from one track to the other. Yeah. And I feel like I have one of those inside of me. Hmm. And I can switch it from, no, I'm not hearing God, over to, yes, I probably am hearing God. Hmm. It's this internal thing of saying, I'm going to lean in and risk that I might hear versus leaning away and thinking, unless I'm absolutely 100% convinced, I'm not going to trust that I'm hearing at all. Yeah. In that kind of thinking and preparation, when you hear God, are, is there a level of certainty? A level. A level. Okay. I, again, this is one of the things I've kind of grown in over the years. Part of the preparation that I didn't mention is you also, I want to saturate myself with scripture so I understand 
the cadence of God's voice and the kinds of things he talks about and what he cares about and his priorities and his ways, how he does life. And you get that in scripture. So the more you saturate yourself with scripture, the more I'm just creating this backdrop of relationship and understanding and knowledge of who it is that I'm listening for. So tell us a little bit about what your experience then is of the preparation. The preparation, you touched on something. For those who are interested in the prophetic, immerse yourself in the Bible, because that is a collection of prophetic words, prophetic people, examples, and the more that you inhabit that, and the more that it gets inside of your mind and heart, is preparatory. So that is the number one thing I would recommend. Whether someone's new to the prophetic, hearing God, or you know, they've been doing this 50 years. I think it's the same. Just meditate on Scripture, pray Scripture, interact with God through Scripture. You know, along with that, yeah. I have to say no to a lot of the junk that I might fill my mind with. Mm. So if I really want to concentrate and open space to hear God, I have to open mental space, which means social media, news intake, a lot of stuff. I have to diminish just so there's like cleaning out a garage so yeah, you can get right. the car in yeah it's like i have to clean out mental space so i can there's a place for god's words to land that's right clutter and this little plug for earlier podcasts we've done this is one reason we talked about watchfulness and some of those practices of the inner life that help you clear out the mm. clutter and to prepare yourself to encounter god and hear the lord so along with scripture um I started to develop what I call a little prophetic liturgy. Mm. So there are little steps that I would go through. Let's say if I'm going to a small group and I knew that I was going to be doing prophetic right. stuff, praying for people and all, I would walk through these steps. In the, do you still do it? Or I still do it sometimes. Okay. Yeah, it almost, you, you talked about this before the podcast, but it becomes yeah. habitual. It's part of something that you do that helps you. I mean, first and foremost is turning your mind and your heart to the Lord. How do you do that? I say it verbally. I say, Lord, I turn my mind and my heart to you. I lift my mind and heart to you right now. Why do you do it verbally? It helps. It's kind of a holistic. It engages my voice, my mind. It just gets me more connected and aligned with with the Lord. And I remind myself in that moment, I'm not reaching out somewhere deep in space, but the Lord indwells me. I commune with the Father and the Son through the indwelling Holy Spirit. So I'm not striving or searching. The Lord dwells within me, the Lord who speaks. You're just recalibrating yourself to what's actually there. That's right. So I would lift my mind and heart, and then I would even ask. I would pray some scripture. I would say, Lord, give me the mind of Christ right now. Help me think your thoughts. Help me to think your thoughts about this person or about these people that I'm going to be praying for. And then give me your heart. Give me your affections for them. And then I would say, give me your words. Give me your mouth. Mm. So this kind of liturgy, and it, sometimes I'd work it out in greater details. I talk about senses, and I talk about touch, and let me touch and lay hands and pray for people, and you have the hands of Christ. So this kind of internal liturgy, and I do find myself even 30 years later doing some of these same things. So what you're doing is you're taking yourself kind of walking through physically turning your attention to God and you're turning your mind to God. Yeah. You're turning your heart to God. Yeah. 
and then you're actually kind of reclaiming your senses and turning those. So it's almost like you're collecting these different pieces of yourself and pointing them all toward God. The author of Hebrews says something rather strange in Hebrews 5, I think it's 14, and the author is talking about the believers having their senses trained to discern. And so there's something about that. God gives us our senses first and foremost so that we can commune with God. All of that is we're hardwired to commune and connect with God and hear from God. So we're just asking the Lord to do that. Purify my senses. All of these things. Let them be little satellite dishes through which we can receive information from you. Well, let's talk about what it's like then once you're kind of in that place where you're focused on God. What is the experience of hearing him like? I do want to reiterate because you were at your preparation and then what you were just saying right there. All of this stems from relationship with God. This really isn't about the prophetic, growing in the prophetic. It all flows out of seeking the face of Jesus and communing with him and walking with him and relying on him and saying yes to him and taking risks for him. So Yeah, and it's not like there's ooh, some kind of magical steps that if you do all this stuff just right, then you're in this place. It's just seeking out relationship. And yeah, I'm much more likely to hear someone if I'm with that person. That's right. And then you say, hey, what what are you thinking about? Yeah. What do you want to talk about? So why don't you talk about, um, why don't we mention some biblical examples mm. of what the actual practice, we, we're, we're talking about mechanics, the inner dynamics of what it looks like when someone is hearing from God. Well, when I first started wanting to hear from God, I literally tried to get people to tell me, what is it like? Mm-hmm. And I got all these vague, ethereal answers. Helpful. And so I've even searched scripture to say, is there are there any descriptions in the Bible of what it was like when people heard God? And, and what did you find? There really aren't very many. Mm-hmm. It's rarely described. Mm-hmm. Um People kind of take the whole hearing process for granted, frankly. Mm. Nobody ever goes around going, ooh, I heard from God. I'm amazed. And this is how it happened. Yeah. Mm. Um, they, I mean, an angel comes and the angel says, don't be afraid. And they're like, which is understandable. But the majority of times it just says, and God said, or and the Holy Spirit said. And mm. you don't even have a description of how it happened. Can you think of any? There are a few times. Let's so, for about. instance, Isaiah often says the word of the Lord came or and God said or the Lord says. But there's a couple times when he says, the Lord spoke to me with his strong hand upon me. And I look at that and think, okay, something unusual was there in his experience. Um, Daniel a couple times. He was so, there was once he had this incredible vision from God. He was so affected by it. He went to bed for days afterwards. So there was something that affected him physically. Yeah. I think we tend to think that's what's going to happen to us. The thunderbolt. The thunderbolt, the physical experience, the super clarity. Mm -hmm. And that's not what I usually experience, quite frankly. Hmm. We talked about the extraordinary and the ordinary. And I would I would agree with you. I that's definitely less common. Those thunderbolts, those 
sense of compulsion. You've yeah. got to say it's normally yeah. very ordinary. I, I think of Jeremiah 1, where he's this young person. The Lord is speaking to him. We don't really know what that looks like. The word of the Lord comes to him. Uh, if you remember what Grudem said, <laughs> you know, we're reporting something that the Lord brings to mind. So it appears that the Lord is bringing things to Jeremiah, young Jeremiah's mind. And there's this window into an internal conversation between Jeremiah and the Lord. So the Lord calls him to prophetic ministry. He says, no, too young, gives it excuses, as is often the pattern. And then the Lord said, I'm going to show you some things and began to ask him, what do you see? So that's one example. There's this pattern and he begins to see things and in his mind from the natural world and the Lord speaks to him through the natural world. And there's even some wordplay here. So... And I notice when you look in scripture, it's different with each prophet. It's not the same. That's right. And so, for instance, at one point, um, Amos, God used a lot of wordplay with Amos. Mm -hmm. God would say to Amos, what do you see? And Amos would say, I see an almond branch or a plumb line or something ordinary in the physical. And then God would do a wordplay on it to Mm -hmm. communicate something. But he didn't do that with everyone. That was what he did with Amos. So I think we also have to let God... Be personal with us hmm. because he knows us. Yeah. Um, and the, and over time you begin to discover that. But the actual experience of it, you've described it more like a small thought that just drifts by. Is that the word you use? Yeah, it's subtle. It's whispers. Yeah. It's not a two by four. There yeah. are those moments. But typically it's a whisper. It's that still small voice that Elijah experienced. In First Kings 19, it's a whisper. It's not cataclysmic. It's something very subtle. And I think that, for me, is why I have to set aside my analytical part first, because otherwise I will analyze that whisper away. Hmm. So for me, it's not part of the preparation, but it's this phrase I have of listen first, discern later. Hmm. Because if I try to analyze or discern in the moment, I will block the listening. Well, I, I want you to share an example because you talked in the previous podcast about the situation with your friend at a concert where the Lord was whispering mm. to you and you took a risk and shared. Um, I wish you would share the uh, one about the elbow. Yeah. That situation. Because so, that gets inside what is happening yeah. inside of Connie's mind and heart as the God's whispering. The actual experience. Yeah. So this was, I was on a trip in Nepal last year, and we were doing a lot of ministry to English-speaking missionaries there. And so I was praying for a woman, and and I just had this, um, it was a little bit of an unusual desire. I've never had this desire before, but I just had this desire to put my hand on her elbow, underneath her elbow, and just pray for her elbow and her joints. Yeah. Strange desire. And I was That's like, strange. okay, this yeah. is weird, but yeah. okay. And so I asked her, I said, would it be okay if I would just put my hand on your elbow, I don't know why, and just pray for you? Mm-hmm. And she said, okay. And so I, I began praying for her, and as I did, she started weeping. And I'm like, what what happened? Yeah. And it turns out she had just gotten back from a trip to another country specifically for her elbows and her joints because there was some trauma-related injury to them. Mm. 
that had been embedded in her. Hmm. And I didn't know any of that. Yeah, so subtle. Yeah. And there's no way of knowing up front. That's when you switch the railroad. I hear from God. I believe... And there's a discernment that comes along with this. It it wasn't something strange like slapped a woman in the forehead or something. No. It's a low risk. Yeah. But the Lord, it was very specific. Of all the different places on her body, of all the things, it was her elbow. And you keep grabbing yeah. her left elbow. It may have been specific elbow. We had an experience just this past week where something similar happened with both of us. You and I were praying for a man on Sunday morning. Yeah. And... We didn't know anything about him. And just describe what you came in with a passage from Exodus to pray. Yeah, I was just asking the night before. I was saying, Lord, what's on your heart? Part of that liturgy, walking through, what's on your heart? How do you see him? What's going on with him? And frankly, I heard some things that I would call cliche, kind of Christian refrigerator magnet verses started to come to mind. And I was like, ah, can we just do something maybe you know, a little more specific or custom for him. And the Lord Because was, a cliche is going to offend you, right? That's right. And it's just kind of like, ah, really? Yeah. The other thing that was happening, Connie, while it was going on is the Lord was also speaking some verses about where I have been mm. recently. So it was this combination of things. And I said, okay, I'm just going to come and pray those things. And that's what we did. And by the way, this was a man who had had experienced some negative things with the prophetic. So it was important to for him to have a positive experience. Yeah. So Brock began praying from Exodus, what was it, 14? Yeah. And as you began praying that, it was Moses, and all of the thoughts came to me of, oh, Moses, well, the burning bush, of course. And then it felt so cliche yes. to me as well, because <laughs> I'm like, that's where I always go with Moses. Yeah. I talk about the burning bush a lot with people. I go there and I was like, oh, that's just me again, going where I always go. Let's keep on the cliches. Yeah, let's just go for the cliches. And But I just had this, okay, well, I feel like I'm supposed to pray this. And so eventually we kind of got around to space where I said, well, you know, there's this, we've been praying about Moses and I kind of introduced the burning bush scene and the man we were praying for started laughing. And I thought, okay, I don't know what just happened, but something just happened. And he interrupted us and said, that's the exact passage from Scripture that I was reading this morning before I came here. What do you do with that? <laughs> of all the thousands of places that yeah. you could read yeah. in Scripture, he was reading that this morning. That morning, the Lord had primed him. And it was a little token, a little sign that I see you. I love you. I'm speaking to my people for you to encourage you. That's powerful. Yeah. And, and it we, came because you prayed Exodus 14. It reminded me of something. We both wanted to reject it because it was cliche. So if we're waiting for thunderbolts, we're waiting for lightning, we're waiting for the two by four, it typically does not happen that way. What does it usually feel like to oh, you? Geez. I, it's, again, I've been doing this 30 years And it's as subtle now as it's always been. There are those moments where there's an overriding, that heavy hand of the Lord, which is the Spirit of God moving you. But most of the time, it's just so subtle. Now, when you say subtle, is it a, is it words in your mind or is it like some kind of physical feeling? All of the above. Again, if we think in terms of, 
our minds, our cognition, all the functions of the mind are actually meant to be receptors for God to communicate to us. Our feelings, all of this is meant to be receptive to the Lord. So yes, it may be an image, maybe something I was reading from scripture, it may be a thought, it may be a movie clip that the whole world becomes a means through which God can speak to us. So something comes to your comes mind, to mind, and then you either have to reach out and grab it or just let it slide on by. And I think one of the internal impulses that I, I, I've learned is always turn to the Lord. So mm. just like we saw in Jeremiah 1, he's having these images in his mind, and he turns in conversation to God. So if an image, a thought, something comes to mind, a passage for someone— Say, Lord, what, what is this? That becomes the material for conversation with God, which you talk about all the time. Why is this coming to mind right now? Is this yeah. something you want me to share now or later? It's discernment. There's almost that internal fork in the road. Yeah. A really subtle thought comes to mind or a vague picture yeah. kind of comes to mind. Nothing clear, a little fuzzy, cloudy. Yeah. And there, frankly, are times when I'm distracted or I don't want to pay attention or it just feels like too much work. And so the fork in the road for me is, am I going to turn toward it or am I just going to go, ah, that's nothing and turn away. And I have found, I've gone through seasons where, again, it's that railroad switch. I'm kind of just turn away is my default where I think, oh, I'm just making stuff up. I'm not hearing. And when I throw the switch to risking that I am Mm -hmm. and leaning in, it doesn't mean there's anything remotely like 100% clarity and accuracy. Yeah. There's a whole lot more than when I lean away. Mm. Again, relationship. Yeah. If it's the Lord who speaks, who lives within us, we're, we're training ourselves, we're asking him to speak to us. I do want to point out, I was going to ask you about this, um, the litmus test. What we're talking about, this internal dynamic, the preparation, the practice, the litmus test is, does it line up with Scripture? So I think if we're hearing things and sensing things, that's the filter. That's the grid. It, so I would internally, early on, think, does this line up with Scripture? Is this image something that is truthful? Um, 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, does it build the person up? What I'm about to say is this done in love. So I think that's real important in people growing in discerning the voice of the Lord. You're not going to hear something that contradicts Scripture or that's to be delivered in anger or something like that. And many times that was, I was taught that, but it was very puzzling for me because a lot of the stuff, I don't know, God wants to comfort you. Well, that doesn't contradict anything in Scripture, but how do I know that's really God and not me making Mm -hmm. that up? Yeah. And so there's a lot of things I was hearing or sensing that were perfectly fine with Scripture, but I still wasn't sure. So I began looking in Scripture for descriptions of God and saying, does this match God's tone of voice, his character, his thoughts? So for instance, um, Galatians 5.22 and the fruits of the Spirit, we're all familiar with love, joy, peace, goodness. Those are hallmarks of what the Holy Spirit's thoughts are going to be like, too. If that's the fruit he produces, then his voice in us will be loving, joyful, peaceful, self-controlled, kind. 
So again, immersing your mind and your heart mm. in Scripture, familiarizing yourself with who God is, what God's nature is. We could, as you say, Connie, talk about this uh, with no end in sight. <laughs> so why don't we hit pause and we may continue this conversation yeah. on the prophetic. So for people interested in all saints... And there's a reason that we're even talking about the prophetic in the context of all saints, because we do believe in God's presence and we're going to be pressing into him. But you can find out about all saints by visiting our website, allsaints.center. And if you have questions or would like to communicate with us, you can also email us at allsaints at olcc.org. Or you can call Connie on her cell phone <laughs> at any hour of the night, right? Do you want to give that? Yeah, or? I don't think you're hearing that from the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs>